Is he barefoot? Is he wearing sandals? <laughs> He's on high heels. Wait. <laughs> That's on the table. Never mind. Okay. Uh, Who's doing the voice? <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll both do it, right? And then we'll both do it a separate times and then we'll splice in which one's better. Right, okay. Okay. <clears throat> Twi- oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Who's going first? Are we doing this at the I'll, same time? I'll go first. I'll go first. I'll go first. Right, I'll go okay. first. Okay. <laughs> we both went. At the same time. <laughs> Right, here we go. <clears throat> 20 episodes ago, two men had a vision. It began on Zencaster, and it would change lockdown. <laughs> <laughs> that was quite good, the voice wise, right? You, you not the voice. I, that was better than all your uh, practice ones. We've been rehearsing this for, for months, folks. <clears throat> okay, here we go. Someone get a door. 20 years. <laughs> 20 years ago. Hey, <laughs> go on, go on. Here we go. 20 years ago, one man had a vision. It began. Oh, no. Damn it. <laughs> Swear words. <laughs> I was supposed to make it podcast centric. 20 right. episodes ago. 20 episodes ago. <laughs> 20. <laughs> Why is this so funny? 20 podcasts 20... ago. 20 podcasts ago. Let's be fair, one man had a vision, and he convinced another man to join forces with him. It began, again, let's be fair, in Rufus T. Firefly, Glasgow <laughs> City Centre. And it would change, at least their lockdown. Anyway, it's episode 20, and my dad has this thing, so you know how WrestleMania 20's slogan is where it all begins again? Yeah. So, my dad loved that slogan, and that catchphrase, so now he always, any time it comes to like, 20 or something like that, he always says where it all begins again, 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 again. <laughs> Again, and I don't know why he does it. It's not even it's not even relevant to anything. But anytime the, the number twenty comes up, that's what he says. Nice one. Speaking of being in your twenties, yeah. uh, are, are we? Is this us doing it now? By the way, yeah. You never well, got like the Yeah, well, well, life well. Uh, Speaking of being in our twenties, I want to uh, publicly wish my co-host Chris here <laughs> uh, a belated happy birthday. It was his birthday a couple of days ago, or yesterday, yeah. you know, two days ago, yeah. Uh, and Chris, here's to you. What can we say about you, Chris? You've walked in on Kevin Ash getting changed. Mm-hmm. You've uh, been snubbed by Ric Flair. Mm-hmm. You've uh, befriended the Young Bucks. You've <laughs> yes. caused Paul Heyman to endorse your channel. And uh, there's and you know you've you've really bonded with uh, Roddy Piper as well. There's and amongst so many other things, we've shared a lot of wrestling memories together, and I look forward to sharing more, especially in a post-pandemic world where we can start going to shows together. This podcast would not exist without you, young man. And I take off my hat, although I'm not wearing one, and I'm not going to remove my earphones because that would be impractical. But yes. I uh, metaphorically, invisibly, in spirit, I lift off my hat to you. I raise my arm and I salute you like uh, John Cena would. <laughs> and uh, I say thank you to you, good sir. Thank you and happy birthday. You're still a wee baby. I was going to say, you say that I'm a young man. Technically now I'm only six years younger than you for a couple months. For, well, until February when I yeah. uh, had the big Rio. So. <laughs> yeah, there you go. So there you go. Uh, yes, thank you. It was, uh, it was a lovely day, the other day. Um, nice and chill, obviously, because of all things considered. You can't really celebrate with all your family like you want to, do you? Um, yeah. But it was, it was really nice. We just had a couple of um, like my auntie and my cousins came over and stuff like that. Actually, my week, I've got a wee cousin that's four who is at that age where he's going to get into Avengers and Batman and that sort of stuff. And I'm trying to, I'm hopefully, you know, he's going to get into wrestling soon. 
Um, yeah. It's just hard because like when I was his age, I was watching uh, Rikishi getting chucked off the top of the cell in Armageddon 2000. And obviously yeah. at that point, I'm like, okay, I'm hooked. What is he going to see? Do you know what I mean? The Thunderdome? You know what I mean? I don't know if that's going to really sway him. So anyway, he comes in and he's uh, holding like a, a present for me. Like it's like, oh, we Aaron's got you a present. And when he gave oh. me, I, I don't know if you have this. I don't know if it's like a wrestling fan thing, but when you're holding a wrestling figure, whether you know it's wrapped or not, you know it's a wrestling figure. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, because you, just you, you kind of press the, paper, the... you press the paper a bit to feel the bubble, yeah. don't you? Yeah, the bubble and just the way it kind of feels and the way it's shaped and stuff, I just knew. And I was like, oh, that's really cool. Like, my wee cousin got me a wrestling figure. And he got me Alistair Black, the basic uh, figure series, whatever it is. Aww. Alistair Black, really cool. Awesome. So we, awesome. I had a Kevin Owens upstairs, so we were running about hitting Kevin Owens and Alistair Black together and stuff. So that was really cool. So I felt loved. Uh, there was no, um, no, you know, big wrestling relevation. But there was always something to do with wrestling on my birthday, and it was a wee Alistair Black figure this year, so I was very grateful. That's awesome. Do you know what? Something that I haven't experienced for a long time that I love is opening up a wrestling figure, taking it out of its packet. Yeah, and me neither. I know, like, there's loads of hardcore collectors, and we know Scott McGowan, obviously, who's yeah. got a great collection. And I'm a big, I love watching people's wrestling figure collections, and I've, you know, I'm nothing against people who keep their figures in their boxes and display them. I think that looks awesome. But for me, I'm always a kind of, uh, to quote the uh, the Major Wrestling Figure podcast, I'm a big fan of letting it breathe. And I don't have a wrestling figure collection. I've only got like one left from my childhood. Most of them I gave away. Uh, but I, I, I love that sensation of opening it, of tearing the card away from the bubble and then holding it for the yeah. first time. That just takes me back to my childhood and my teenage years. It's just such a great feeling. Like I've I've not bought a wrestling figure in a long time, but I still have like lots of my really good ones that I kept in the box, like my like one of three thousand and classic series one and all that stuff, and like my autographed ones and that sort of thing. I've still got them. Yeah, yeah. Um, but all my loose figures are all up in the loft somewhere, and I've like I've got loads. It became un- unhealthy at one point. We should definitely do an episode, a full long wrestling figure themed episode. We kind of talked about that yeah. early days. We should totally do that. We we did and I, I i'm so keen for that just because i think there's a lot of nice stories that come off the back of yeah. it and uh, it's funny because when we we're preparing for this and we we're talking about segments and i was thinking about you know maybe i should say that i'm thankful for uh wrestling figures but then i thought no because that, that deserves its own full-on yeah, episode totally. so like definitely we would love to talk about that because uh i think when people who've been lifelong wrestling fans talk about wrestling figures you're really telling uh, telling your wrestling story again but from the perspective of little plastic toys yeah and uh, there's something so sweet about that because you know my wrestling figure love i still love wrestling figures i love watching youtubers and collectors of wrestling figures i just don't own many anymore yeah but um uh, you know my story goes all the way back from getting my first one in uh, woolworths in st andrews when i was about eight i would say maybe nine Mm. And I think I think the last one I bought, I was maybe in my teenage years, uh, 15 or 16 or something like that. But uh, man, I love them. They're so cool. They're so cool. And anytime I see a figure online that I've never had before or like I really liked when I was younger, I always like have a wee instinct to maybe buy it. You know what I mean? I never do. But like yeah. I see that. You remember The Undertaker Hasbro comes with a hat and it's like kind of the ripped sleeves? Like yeah. early nineties taker, I see that all the time on eBay, and I'm like, oh, I'd love to have that Undertaker Hasbro, but like, I, but I'm not going to buy it. Do you know what I mean? So maybe one day I'll, I'll amass this massive wrestling collection again and uh, and, and show off as I used to show off my collection a lot on YouTube. It used to be like my main thing on my YouTube mm. channel, whether it be the DVDs or the wrestlers or whatever. So uh, yeah. maybe again one day. But as I'm getting older, I'm becoming a bit more. Um, I'm kind of relating to you a bit more, where you just see everything flying by so quickly, and you're thinking, oh my god, it's going so fast. So who knows? You never know. I mean, I, I I dream about uh 
you know having a, a big room where I could have like a display, you know, like a, a, a yeah. scale ring for the figures and like make make a display and I'd change it up depending on what's happening. And you see these guys on Instagram who do this and like you know I'd have maybe all the current champions in the ring with the relevant belts. But if that cool, changed, then I would change up the display. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, and I'd maybe have a Raw and a SmackDown you know, or an AEW one. The, the AEW line looks so cool. I love, oh, that's what I was gonna I say. Watching. That's what I was yeah. going to say. Like, I haven't bought wrestling figures in a long time, but I keep looking at Smiths online and stuff to see when they're going to come in. Because you better believe I'll be in Smiths and I'll be buying a couple of those figures because it's Series 1. It's like mm. it could, it, it's a big thing. You never know, it could be worth something in the future. That's not the reason I'm buying it, but like it's always there in my mind. You know, it could be, these could be really rare, expensive figures one day, you know? I really like the Jericho figure uh, yeah, on that line with the bell i think that looks awesome i want i want the jericho i want the cody and i want the omega they're the three i want because they're like they, they define aw for me you know so that'll be really cool i'm looking forward to yeah. that oh look at us talking about wrestling figures in our 20s god hey i'm barely in my 20s anymore <laughs> <laughs> well um later on tonight actually my, my mates are throwing me a wee sort of birthday party thing at the flat um because we can't go out anywhere or whatever so we're just having a small wee thing for a couple of drinks and I said uh, I'd rather do that than try to, you know, follow all these lockdown restriction rules in a pub or whatever. So yeah. they said, okay, let's do a, a Chris theme. So they're going to do a Chris theme party. So I'm expecting nice. to walk in and everybody's going to be wearing Jeff Hardy armbands and, you know, Rangers tops and John Cena hats yeah. and things like that. I'm expecting that, but I'll probably be disappointed. Well, what I'm expecting is you walk in and it's like the Titan Towers 1998 Super Bowl commercial. <laughs> it's just like chaos, people getting smashed through windows, steel chairs. I mean, I can't comment on on the the football stuff because I, I know you love your footballs and your Rangers, but like uh, I'm I'm clueless when it comes to football. Uh, and you know, uh, not to digress too much, I've uh, you know re- recently started full time teaching at my my school uh, that I was hired in February. <laughs> for yeah um and uh you know that's when you you, you meet kids like that's one of the first things they ask you it's like who do you support and i'm like Aye. nobody and they go party festival i'm like sure whatever <laughs> why is party festival the cop out you know i don't know i don't know um you can be embarrassed and support party festival that's fine but my but, cop hey, hey listen say... scott our, our listener scott is a big <laughs> party true. festival Sorry. fan so let's not let's not disrespect one of our precious listeners that's true i uh i always say orlando city because that's my mls my major league soccer football team in nice. america because that's a nice one to go to but oh see when kids ask when i do shows and stuff like they'll yeah. say oh green, green or blue or whatever and i'm like oh never mind but they always get out of me it's like i can't i get peer pressure do you know what i mean anyway. well do you know what sorry i know you're just missing anyway but i was walking home from school the other day and uh, i was walking past this like a uh, wee bit of like grass uh with next to a block of flats and there are two like wee primary school age boys playing uh and one wee boy his first thing he did was he threw a wee stone at me and then I looked up because I was on the phone to my dad at the time and he went, do you support Celtic? And I thought, I went, whatever. And I just went, yes. And he went, yes. And he turns to his mate and goes, get around you. And then he just turns around to me again and goes, are you a willy? And then I just ignored him and walked on. Okay. So that's just quite, that's quite a, a change of conversation, isn't it? Do you know what I think? Do I know. Do you not know, think that um, the kids these days, I mean, listen to us, but I'm one year older. Kids now, these days. These days, buying their wrestling figures, ugh. I'm used to big Samoan men in thongs being chucked off of cages. No, um, what, do you know? I think kids these days are much more like are much more brash and bold and stuff. Do you know what I mean? Like the generations have totally changed. When I was younger, when I was like seven or eight or whatever, I would never even think twice. I would never look twice at speaking to someone older than me or or being cheeky to someone or throwing a stone at them or whatever or asking them what team they support. You know what I mean? Like, um, like well, I don't know. I, maybe. We... I, Sorry, I, 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 I mean, I, I, I saw stuff like that when I was a kid, but no, no really? I would never have done it. I was too much of a fear to, to act like that. Yeah, exactly. 
Last night I was I was out a wee walk and there was um there was like a, these kids running around, these wee girls running around and they were being chased by a dog. And they're just like screaming right. and, and the owner of the dog who it's just like walking and do- doesn't have a dog on a leash was just like, girls, if you stop running and screaming, it'll stop chasing you. And then the wee girl just turned round to her and just went, well, if you had it on a leash, you'd be fine. And like pure shouted at her and like, I mean, <laughs> right, maybe rightfully so, maybe it should be on a leash. But I would never shout to a woman I don't know. You know what I mean? I was just thinking, well, what, what a different time we're living in, ladies and gents. Speaking about getting old, I know this is a huge digress, and I know you said, let's make this a quick one this week, <laughs> but can I also say, you know how I've uh, bought this house recently, which we're very soon going to be, hopefully, like moving into, is That's the, exciting. the time is coming, uh, because for the first time, as an adult, I'm going to have a front garden and a back garden, and I'm going to have right. stairs, you know, two <laughs> floors to my house, amazing. Uh, my, I, I dream of growing old there. Uh, I'm sitting out in my front garden with a rake, so if a child kicks a football into my garden, I can go get off my lawn and just scare them. You know, like the guy that the guy in Home Alone that they're all scared of. I want to be like him. Yeah. I want to be a, a, old an old Harley. Yeah, I want to be a, a much fabled guy, and there's all these terrible rumors about him. You know that <laughs> he's a scary, scary dude. Yeah. And maybe it's because I know I couldn't be scary if I tried. Trust me, exactly. I'm a teacher. I know this. You know, <laughs> I know. Oh, anyway, oh, we're getting old. We're all getting old. Yeah. But you know, what else isn't getting old. That's the wrestling, ladies and gents. Um, have you been watching anything this week or has it been a pretty busy week for you? It has been a busy week. I've been, you know, this, this week was my first full, like I was back at school last week, but this was the first week where all the kids were back and a full timetable of teaching. And, uh, and so that's taken up my time and it's been pretty busy and pretty, uh, hectic as, as, as you would expect with, you know, your first kind of week back after a major pandemic closing the schools for five months. Yeah. Um, so but I have managed to catch wee bits and bobs here and there. Uh, I was catching up on the first episode of SmackDown of the Thunderdome, and without the risk of surrounding sounding dated, because the, the, this day of recording is the day of SummerSlam. So if you're listening to this, folks, you know that's that's what we're looking at here. So we we've only seen a little flavor of the Thunderdome. But one thing I will say is that. Uh, I think like anything new in wrestling, there seems to be divided opinion. And mm-hmm. the one thing I'll say about the people that I have seen on Twitter who are saying that it's stupid or it's an eyesore or it's weird and it's awkward, I'm just thinking, can you have a bit of perspective on where we've come from with this? Because, you know, at WrestleMania, we were gutted that there was no noise, no fans, and we managed to get wrapped around it. And I would still say that WrestleMania 36 was a good WrestleMania. Yeah, me too. Um, and so... I think, you know, Conrad was tweeting about it uh, yesterday or the day before, and he was saying, this is how you make the best of a bad situation. Obviously, we'd love an arena full of fans. Uh, and the Thunderdome does take a bit of getting used to. Uh, and it's not exactly the same at all as uh, an arena. But I think they knew that going into it. But I'm so delighted to have that big Tron back again. Mm-hmm. I love the lights, the pyro. And I love what the uh, Thunderdome allows them to do when the Fiend made his entrance. Oh, it was so And cool. all the lights went out. And they, oh, it was amazing. So, yeah, is it my favorite way of watching wrestling? No, but nor nor is it ideal to have a worldwide pandemic. So um, I'm going <laughs> to yeah. get off my soapbox here, but I like this, the Thunderdome and I, I, I like it as, as a kind of transition, hopefully towards inevitably getting fans back at shows. Yeah, I know. I am. Um, it just seemed like an episode of SmackDown last night. You know what I mean? Like I know that mm-hmm. 
there was no fans there, but like it looked like an arena. You know, it felt yep. like an arena. It, you know, the pyro and the music and the lights and stuff. Like the fiend's entrance. I, I mean, I like the fiend and everything like that, but I think I don't. I've not clicked with it as much as others have. Um, but that last night, you can't deny how like cool and different and new that was. And I read on mm. Twitter as well, um, p- people saying that. Uh, sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm literally. I just read a, t- a text and I've just. Um, I've completely lost what I was going to say. Um, yeah, I was reading on sorry. Twitter last night about uh, this is like they're acting like a restart or whatever, like they're using the Thunderdome as like a new, not a new era, but like a new start to the new storylines and maybe some returns may happen because you know this this tagline. You'll never see it coming. Like, what does that mean? You know what I mean? So, yeah. very interesting. Uh, there's Kenny McIntosh just tweeted, thumbs up or thumbs down to the Thunderdome. I'm going to click thumbs up there. Kenny. I'm going to click thumbs up as well. I'm going to do that. Uh, also, have you, the, have you noticed that AJ Styles has been doing segments with Abyss on SmackDown? Yeah, right. So, this was last week. I missed this. Um, All I saw was the highlight, which was on YouTube, which he's only just standing in the corner. So, tell me through this. Do they properly... Um, acknowledge their history and that he's Joseph no. Parks and all that, no, or no, is no, he no, just no. That, what is he just like a goon? He's kind of yeah, about like a lawyer sort of thing, like a backstage kind right. of lawyer kind of guy. But he's but like I mean, he's great week, in that role. I just thought he was just they were just using him as a body. But this week on SmackDown, when spoiler AJ loses the title, um, he's backstage and he's like shouting at him, and, and it's like Joseph Park. He's like sitting down and, and he's got that stupid look in his face. He's like AJ, I'm so yep. sorry. I'm so, I so hope they go with it. That'd be amazing. Have Joseph what Park in WWE. Go- I want him to let us live with, you know, this would be so much easier if we had my brother Chris, you know, my, my, my brother Abyss. <laughs> I love how he goes, you know, Abyss, and there's like, like the tall thing, like as if he's much taller than him. <laughs> oh, I, I love that storyline. I love that storyline. I love the whole Joseph Parks thing. I, mean, I know some yeah. people are divided on it, but I was a huge fan. I just want to say one last thing about the Thunderdome is that the other thing is at time of recording, like I say, we've only seen that first episode of SmackDown before SummerSlam. Uh, and that was their first go at it so it's only yep. going to get better with time as they get more used to it and I don't think we've def- seen the best of Thunderdome I and mean, just for a greater proof of that look at WWE tapings at the PC it yeah. started off you know a bit weird and empty and you know they, they had empty chairs out and the hard cam was facing the empty chairs yeah, yeah. then they gradually made the difference by having the hard cam face the stage which made more sense and then when AEW started having you know talent out there making noise then they did that and put the plexiglass up and it was a decent presentation but I am so glad to not have to look at that flipping fan when I said I wanted fans at wrestling shows that is not <laughs> what I meant I've never really noticed the fan, but Triple H made a joke about it as well, and I was like, I don't really, I don't know what you're talking about. But then obviously I've seen it once you point it out, but like I never, I never, I don't know. But um, I, I totally agree, different presentation, and I like the fact they did it on SmackDown first. Let's do a test run, you know what I mean? Yeah, let's, absolutely. Let's do it with WrestleMania as well. We did a couple of episodes before we get WrestleMania, you know, so good stuff. Yeah. And um, we'll see where we go from here. Um, would you like to be thankful for something right now, or you want to do something else? Uh, I am. I'm always thankful, my friend. Let's go for it. Q jingle. Let's do that. What I'm thankful for in wrestling this week. Oh yeah. So I, I was like I said earlier, I was kind of tossing and turning over what to go with this week, and because I thought about wrestling figures, but then um, I, I thought about something I saw on. It was actually a clip on Twitter, but it's from a network show. And it was of uh, Vince McMahon uh, taking the jump off the platform for for the Gronk at at WrestleMania. And so this week, Chris, I am thankful for, and I I know, sorry, my my microphone's been weird here. My pop shield's been numpty. Um, So yeah, and I know that Vince McMahon is a controversial figure and I'm not saying the man's a saint, right? Like I'm Mm. not trying to get into 
you know, his, his many wrongdoings or the questionable decisions he's made or the things that he said or the things that he's written into his programs historically. But what I admire about him, amongst many other things, is, and this is what I'm thankful for, Vince McMahon's willingness to do literally anything. And here's the thing. Vince has always said that in interviews that I wouldn't get my talent to do something that I wouldn't do myself. And much like in that WWE Network show, they often cut to him doing the the harness entrance at WrestleMania 12 before Shawn yep. Michaels did it. Um, but I'm, I feel like when I hear him say that nowadays, I'm always like, well, do you know what? That probably doesn't apply anymore because he's well into his 70s. He's getting on a bit. You know, he, he probably doesn't mean that now. And he's paid his dues. He's, he's taken... Like hellacious bumps. The first thing that comes to mind is the St. Valentine's Day massacre bump. That's so <laughs> that's brutal. What that cage. reminded me of when he jumped off the stage. Yeah. Like, like at the PC, that's what it reminded me of. It's the same kind of landing he has. But I tell you, there is not a wrestling fan alive. And if anyone tells you otherwise, they are lying. There is not a wrestling fan alive who can watch that bump at St. Valentine's Day massacre mm. and not feel a slight wee pain in their arse. <laughs> it's impossible. Yeah. You can't watch that for going, oh, oh, God. You know, it's one of the most brutal bumps of the Attitude Era by far. I mean, I know obviously that same year we had Foley coming off the cell, but that is damn brutal, you know? Yeah. Um, so you think of all the stuff he did then and how his character more often than not got his comeuppance and uh, some of the crazy things that he's done. And even, But then even I think to a few years ago when Kevin Owens headbutted him and it was legit. What you the know, hell? Got, you know, and, and here's the thing, like, if a man or a woman or anybody that age, well, anyone of any age takes a headbutt, that could kill you if you're not careful. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, and especially when you're of a certain age like that. Then, sorry, can I just? Uh, there, there are kids outside my window in the park that my flat looks <laughs> onto with a massive flipping pickaxe. Okay, they've just left it behind a tree. They've, they've got. A, they had a huge pickaxe. They were hitting a tree with it. I thought it was a toy when I saw oh them doing God. it from a distance. But I'm like, oh my God, it's like something the Undertaker's like a big scythe thing, like the, like the Undertaker's uh, goons would have. You know, the the druids. The druids. Aye, right, okay. I was going to say, Aye. is there a wrestler who uses a pickaxe? Is there? Yeah. Like we sh- we'll keep this bit in the podcast, but I hope that doesn't need to be submitted to the police for evidence. To <laughs> At what yeah. point did you say this, Mister Fraser? Um, so where was I? Vince McMahon. I'm grateful for him uh, and his willingness to do anything. And, and this this bump with the Gronk, even though yeah, you can say, oh, it was on a crash mat, but that is a pensioner there. As I said, exactly. and I still, I w- even crash mat or not, I wouldn't take that bump easily. You know, I think yeah. I could do it if I psyched myself up for it, but I wouldn't willingly seek myself out to do it, and I wouldn't do it with the joy and the the kind of <laughs> immature kind of delight that he did it with. You know? <laughs> and his bump still looks better than Gronk's. It does. Oh, he's um, he's such a crazy man. I was sitting in my my mate's flat yesterday. We were playing GM mode on SmackDown vs. Raw 2006. So I was looking at my phone, I was looking at Twitter, and I saw this bump, and I literally just said out loud, what a crazy old man. He's crazy. <laughs> he, he's still doing these things. Obviously, the decisions he makes and the things he wants to approve and some of the things he comes out with. You know, I, I think back to... um when AJ Styles debuted and he was like, I'll, I'll not put you in NXT because I need a pit bull. I need you to be a dog for me. And, uh, you know, and AJ's like, right, you've got the best wrestler in the world wanting to be a dog. That's fine. Um, or, or when I think back to um, when Luke Harper and Eric Rowan became the Bludgeon Brothers. <laughs> and Mr. McMahon's <sighs> like, can't you just feel the word bludgeon? <laughs> and Luke Harper's like, no. <laughs> I don't know what that means. But things like that, like he, he comes up with these things and he's so set in his ways. And you can't mm-hmm. change him. You can't change his opinion. But then you look at these sort of things. Like he won't ask you to do something he won't do, and that's a roll your eye sort of thing, right? Okay, 
what does that mean? But it's, this is a perfect example. He, this is he's 70, what, 74, 76 or something? Something like that, yeah. And he takes this full back bump. And I don't care what you say. I mean, the way he lands on the on the pad and stuff, it's a good 10 feet off the ground. And it's not yeah. as if it's like this nice gentle landing. You see him kind of like bounce off, you know, and his head kind of snaps back and stuff. Mm-hmm. Crazy. And then being 70 or whatever, a couple of years ago when Kevin Owens headbutted him. That's mental. You know what I mean? I, I was right along that time that Japanese wrestler Shibata did that in, in New Japan. He headbutted a guy and his career was over, you know? So yeah. like, and this is a 70-year-old man doing it. You know, just because he knows it will help the storyline, it knows it will help Kevin Owens. You know, it, you have to respect him no matter what you say about him. And he is a bit of a dafty and he may be a bit out of touch, but he is Vince McMahon and he's the reason we've got this podcast. He's the reason we're watching WWE every week, you know? So, yeah, you know, controversial decisions, uh, eccentric behavior aside, when Vince McMahon inevitably dies, which will be in the year 4067, yeah. um, the wrestling world will stop and take a huge breath because and uh, every promotion from All Elite Wrestling to New Japan will stop and pay its respects to him. And, of course they will. Uh, and people will talk about McMahon's legacy forever, but um, you, I don't think you can ever have that conversation about the history of pro wrestling. He he will always be synonymous synonymous with it now. And uh, you know, the, the, like I say, like I'm not I'm not saying the guy's a saint, but who is? But of I course. do I do. That's one thing about him that I've always enjoyed, and I just think he's hilarious as well. <laughs> yeah, even that the clips of him in the last raid documentary were really funny. You know, he's just like wearing like an orange t shirt and. <laughs> Kind of joking, he was ribbing uh, Undertaker, telling him he doesn't have his gear and all that stuff. Like, that's hilarious. He's just a daft guy, but he's also, you know, the the owner of everything. So, very, very, yeah. What's happened to the man's voice over the years? Because I never liked him as a commentator, but it seemed that back in the new generation, he would talk like this. What a maneuver! Like, and then, then over the years, he's gonna go for it, and oh, what a maneuver! That's gotta be Kane. But then no, no, he doesn't talk like this. That's him to be his default voice. Yeah, but so yeah, Grinch. (laughs) Maybe he could do his own twenty years ago. Maybe that's him. (laughs) (laughs) Oh god, yeah, no, I I love some of his promos where he does that really gritty voice. I remember, uh, do you remember last year before WrestleMania where they were he was trying to put Charlotte Flair in the main event of WrestleMania instead of Becky Lynch. Yeah, and he was like Charlotte Flair. <laughs> anyway, I miss Charlotte. By the way, hope she goes back soon. Yeah, yeah, me too. There's a lot, you know. I, I miss so many people who've had to disappear for one reason or another this past time. Think how cool it would be the day we can see Roman Reigns back. You know what I mean? Like, I just, that'd be great. I just want that. Yeah, I know. And uh, the Sami Zayn return writes itself. Uh, you <laughs> yes. know, I mean, it's so nice that in 2020 we can see Jeff Hardy as the Intercontinental Champion. Yeah, uh, so cool. I hope he still is at time of record, at time of uh, publication. Uh, but you know that that storyline would write itself. Whoever the champion is at the time Sami Zayn comes back, Sami Zayn should come back with the belt and they do the Sean and Razor thing. They have to. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah, and then uh, <laughs> they have a ladder match at SummerSlam and they do it the night the following week at WrestleMania again. I don't know. Mm. Um, no, I know, and I also read on Twitter that uh, Jeff Hardy's wife has said that no more words is coming back post COVID. I, I, I'll believe it when I see it. I believe it when I hear it. Yeah, I believe it when I see it. Uh, <laughs> we've we, we heard this before, but we'll we'll do a song and dance about it when when the moment comes. Literally, ever. yeah. I, uh, I I remember staying up late like to watch SmackDown just to hear the song, and he, and he didn't even use it. And I went, oh, okay, I'm going to go to bed now. Uh, yeah, okay. So Vince McMahon, good show. I'm very thankful for him as well. Um, but what I will say is that Vince McMahon may have booked the match of the week, but he was not involved in it. So let's move on to that. Wrestling. 
Recommendations Wrestling. Recommendations Wrestling. Recommendations. Match of the week. Oh yeah. Okay, so this week is a match that I um I I, I knew that I liked at the time. But 2010 is a year that I have really, I've never really gone back to, other than maybe a couple of matches, you know, WrestleMania, of course, being the main one or anything else like that. Yeah. You know, I've, I've never really gone back to much in 2010. I don't know why. I think it's just because that may have been the first year. I think I mentioned this before. The first year that I was like smarky and like, like 2009 was, but like 2010, I was starting to like be negative about WWE and, you know, yeah. saying I didn't enjoy pay per views and that sort of thing. Um, I don't know why, because it is actually a good year and there's some good pay per views and some good moments. And maybe the Nexus thing as well. I was a bit miffed. By the fact the Nexus, you know, always get beaten, that sort of thing, you know. So mm. I never really go back to it. But uh, over the duration of this, these twenty episodes here on the Wrestling Connection, I have been um, talking about, you know, my watch through. I started in mid two thousand and seven. I wanted to do some ruthless aggression watching. It was only going to be for a few pay per views, and I just enjoyed it so much. I just kept going and going and going. And now I've arrived at two thousand and ten. Yeah. Um, I've made it all the way through 08 and 09 and stuff, and they've been so much fun. A really underrated time for WWE, and we, we talked about it uh, last week on our SummerSlam main event special. Yeah. In part two, we kind of talked about the main events of 07, 08, 09, that sort of thing, and uh, I, one of my notes was like, you know, this is a very underrated era. There's some really good stuff going on here, like this Hell in a Cell match between Edge and Undertaker, and John Cena and Randy Orton's feud taking off and all that stuff, so it's a really good time. So if anybody's sort of um, unclear about that sort of time in the, in, in the wrestling fandom, um, I know I was. I'm a bit, you know, I, I know a lot about the history of wrestling, but that sort of time I kind of get a bit confused by, and everything kind of runs together. Um I remember things that happened in like 2011 through 2014, but after that, all the pay-per-views start looking the same and all the takeovers start yeah. looking the same and stuff, and it just kind of gets a bit confusing. But anyway, um, my, my match of the week this week is The Undertaker versus Rey Mysterio from Royal Rumble 2010. Oh, um, yes. Such a what random a match. Choice. And they just, yeah. they just put this together because obviously, what the, what the history between Rey and Undertaker? You know what I mean? No history whatsoever. When I look back on wrestling uh, over the years, this is a feud and a match that I often forget ever happened. Um, and, uh, you know, this is your segment, but I sometimes, because I've not watched the, the episode sequentially building up to this match, I sometimes wonder if they just did this match because it hadn't ever happened before. You know, at least not yeah. on a grand scale. Um, so it's such an intriguing combination, but back over to you, Chris. I don't know if it's just because they were a bit lacking in depth um, around this time. Edge was just about to come back. He comes back at the show. And Batista just turned heel, but they just did Undertaker and Batista matches. So they didn't want to do that again. Um, Punk was doing the Straight Edge Society thing. You know, maybe it was just a sort of... Ray is the only one that fits in there, and it's never happened before. And you mentioned Vince McMahon before. He loves a first time ever, you know? He yeah. loves a never-been-done-before sort of thing. So... It's just the idea of Undertaker and Rey Mysterio wrestling. It's just it's weird. Yeah. And they kind of it talked about that on the last ride. Like, Taker's always, you know, benefited from wrestling with smaller opponents, whether it be Bret Hart or Shawn Michaels or whoever, Jeff Hardy, whoever, you know. Um, so they all they, they showed a lot of these Rey Mysterio clips in that last ride documentary, and it kind of made me look forward to getting back to this match when I reached it in my watch through here. And i got to tell you, it's a story-based match. There's no, you know, oh, here comes Rey Mysterio with the wrist lock and stuff. It's not like that at all. It's a story, it's literally a, a, a big guy versus a smaller guy match, Ray trying to use his high flying and running out the ring and springboard and stuff like that. And just seeing Undertaker adapt to that, it's just interesting. You know, how yeah. Undertaker takes a Hurricanrana or a Centon and things like that. And then all of a sudden, Taker will just big boot Ray out of nowhere and slow the pace down again. It's just a, a really fun, easy to watch story match 
that again we've mentioned this a bunch of times it's a great a great story will really hook you and that's fine but sometimes the best stories and the best matches are the really really simple ones yep. and um and and this is a perfect example the finish comes out of just undertaker just overpowers him gives him this super last ride and that's it because obviously it's that because if there's no way Ray would kick out of that do you know what i mean like it's really yeah. simple um, and it leads up to Taker and Michaels 2 at WrestleMania 26, which um, I'm about to watch as well in my watch through. So yeah, good match on the Royal Rumble 2010. I'd highly recommend you, Glenn, and any listeners checking out this week. Because it's only like, I don't know, 11 minutes or something. Really easy to watch. And it's uh, fun to see something different, you know, from Taker and Ray. I'm going to watch it today. There you go. Happy Saturday. Spoiler. Thank you very much. Yeah, spoiler is Saturday. Stop breaking the fourth wall. <laughs> hey, Cabana, how you doing? Right, so there you go. Any any thoughts on on wrestling around that time, two thousand and ten, that sort of era? Any memories? I it was an era for me, which because uh, by that point I was at uni and I had just left home, and uh, I I was working two nights a week at McDonald's, so I certainly couldn't afford a subscription to Sky. Um, so mm. a lot of the wrestling I watched was either pirated, shamefully, or just highlights on YouTube. So it was a time that I or, or in the WWE.com. Um, so it was a time that I really just followed wrestling from the highlights that they would put out. So stuff like you know uh, Bret Hart's return. And even like with Impact going on Mondays, you know, all that stuff that yeah. happened in 2010, that, that is all stuff that I followed in clip form. And that's why I've, I've been so keen to kind of immerse myself in these this lifelong watch along to kind of see what it was actually like to see so much of it play out. Because I've been a lifelong wrestling fan, but I've very rarely my life been able to watch full shows. It's, you know, it's, it has been quite sporadic, but the network now gives me that ability. Um, I was still watching it along. I was still enjoying it. I just remember having uh, so much uh, excitement and so much hope for things like Bret Hart coming back, so much intrigue as to what him in a ring would look like. And we know that was inevitably mm-hmm. disappointing. We spoke last week about SummerSlam 2010. I love the build-up to that. And uh, that's another highlight I think of when I consider that era. And I, the funny thing is, though, like I remember not being too immersed in Sean and Taker in that, that big feud at the time. Right. Um, I think around about 2010, I was more interested in like what's CM Punk doing, you know, like when yeah. he was doing heel, heelish kind of straight edge stuff um, and uh, other, other characters that came and went. And, you know, that was the kind of tail end of Edge's career before he um, retired for, you know, how many how many years was Edge out for again? Nine, Nine years. years. Yeah. So, um, you know, it's, it's an era that I look back on and I enjoy when I see clips from it. Um, the other thing that comes to mind was uh, Bret Hart winning the US title from The Miz. Yeah, um, random. Yeah, absolutely. And of course, you know, the, the fact that that was the year that we had, like, it was money money in the bank galore because we had the money in the bank at WrestleMania and then we had the pay-per-view for yeah. the first time that year. Uh, and uh, the Miz winning the title from, was it from Orton on right. Raw that he won it? Yeah, Randy Orton, uh, yeah. That infamous image of that really, really angry girl um, really yeah. disappointed the Miz's victory. What a great, great shot. Did um, you not get it on the Slammies as well? <laughs> I think so, yeah. And Miz the thing is, like, I think we can all agree like Miz and Cena at WrestleMania 27 is a stinker, right? But I actually I remember have, I have a soft spot for Miz's run in general as champion, and that may be a controversial decision or a, a statement, but the run in general I liked. I just didn't really like that final leg of it, the Cena feud. Yeah, uh, I hope he gets it again though, because he's so much yeah. better now. You know. Yeah, absolutely. He's definitely proven that. Uh, it's hard to see that he will. I know. If I'm honest, but it would be nice, you know. But the, 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 they have so much more. 
by the way of contracted talent now uh, you know you do sometimes i do feel that maybe his time has passed but you know what they said that about sean michaels in yeah. 99 2000 and then look what happened well you talk about michaels and taker and you're not being really invested in the storyline around wrestlemania 26 sort of time yeah. i i was i was really invested but i was one of those guys that i don't want to see it again oh we saw it before which is ridiculous you know what i mean um, yeah. But also around that time, because I was so into my DVDs and collecting all this this massive amount of wrestling footage and stuff, um, there was a DVD that came out around that time called Shawn Michaels' My Journey. And it oh, came yeah. out right before WrestleMania 26. And I was like, surely that's given away the finish. You know what I mean? Like, why yeah. would they have a DVD coming out called My Journey and the thought of retirement or the threat of retirement is in this WrestleMania main event against The Undertaker who has never lost at WrestleMania? Like, I was yeah. kind of like... It's 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 so obvious he's gonna. But then when you watch the match, you get hooked in, don't you? And I, I remember, like I was I was so nervous watching that match, and I was watching it with my mate Grant, who was a big Shawn Michaels fan. He, Shawn Michaels is his favorite wrestler ever, and I'm obviously an Undertaker fan. So we're sitting there, kind of going back and forth and stuff. And I remember him being <laughs> devastated, and I'm going oh, like mental when Taker wins, you know. Um, so I remember at the time not that invested and in just thinking, oh, it's obvious what's going to happen. But when as soon as the match happened, they just hooked me in, you know. And that's just the beauty of WrestleMania yeah. and and a good story, you know. Excellent. It's a it's a good shout for match of the week. Um, I'm, it's one that I've never watched in full, and uh, mm. you know, right now my watch, long as you know, I you know I was getting so fast and so quickly through 2002. Then I bought a house, <laughs> uh, and now, now I'm kind of slowly trailing through it. So it'll probably be a good few years before I get to 2010, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> maybe a few years. I like to look. I like to think I'm, I'm going to look forward to that and, and enjoy it very much. But well, you yeah, can review it on uh, the Wrestling Connection episode 360. So there you go. <laughs> right. Uh, what do you want to do? Toilet break, or you want to go for a wee meet a wrestler? You read my mind. It's toilet break. Then it's meet a wrestler. So let's cue a jingle. It's toilet break time. <laughs> oh dear. Right. See you in a minute. Okay. Toilet break. Oh yeah. So I just read on Twitter that it's the Usos' birthday today. Imagine having the same birthday. How much of a ready is that? <laughs> right. Uh, Do you remember when it was John and Jay Uso? Do you remember that? Or Johnny? Remember it was... Or Jimmy and Johnny? Did it start as John? One, one of them was John at the start, yeah. That's his real that's name, though. Name. Ah, yeah, yeah that's his that's real name. Was. Did they have to change it to Jay? I don't, I don't know. <laughs> anyway, um, have you ever met the Usos, my friend? That's a good question. No, I've not. I've not. I've met their dad, but uh, oh, yeah. I've not met them. <laughs> so you have? That's funny. <laughs> okay, well, why don't you tell us you? a story of someone that you have met then, here on another episode of Meet a Wrestler. Meet a wrestler, we've met a wrestler in the flesh. Oh, yeah. Right, so uh, I have hopefully established by now 20 episodes in that I have a long list of uh, encounters with uh, wrestlers. Some have gone well, some have gone badly, and most of them have been somewhat embarrassing or laughable in some way. And this is a a more recent one, I would say, that I'm going to talk about, and uh, this is yet another one that we have to give thanks to Inside the Robes for this one, and this is uh, meeting the the living legend, uh, the one and only, the first intercontinental champion who won that title in a not-so-real tournament uh pat patterson um uh and a man who is very very old now and he's not <laughs> the person you would expect uh inside the ropes to take over but what i will say is that inside the ropes has always kind of tried to do these kind of more obscure things as well they do the big mainstream stuff like your your hall of famers 
but they don't shy away from a, a slightly more obscure name. Uh, and so meeting Pat Patterson was uh, a definite must go for when I saw the tickets going on sale. Did you did you see the show when it was being advertised? Did you think about going? Not really. I don't even remember it being advertised. But when I, I remember it happening because I remember the picture of you with Pat. That's the only thing, only recollection I have of the show. Right. Okay. So. Here's the thing, folks. Pat Patterson has been in the wrestling industry for, for decades upon decades now. I think he's now in his 80s. He still works in WWE to this day. Um, and uh, Pat is of French-Canadian heritage. And th- th- he still speaks uh, He speaks English fluently. But it can be at times... Um, a, there can be at times be a bit of a language barrier I think even though he knows his English and can hold his conversation in English and he's worked speaking English for many many years as uh, people like Mick Foley have written about in the, his book uh, he, he can sometimes come out with some funny sounding flip <laughs> uh, ups you know and the, the, the thing I'm remembering the most is when uh, Mick Foley and Have a Nice Day is talking about Pat Patterson talking about uh, something going down when they're booking a match and he's going and at this point The Undertaker's going to go absolutely banana <laughs> <laughs> I, so wish, I wish I was at the show just to hear him talk though do you know what I mean like just hearing that voice live would be great man so so this is it okay like uh, it was in the garage I think and by this point I was working at the, the school that I've not long left like so, so I worked at a school for a couple of years and this was me like a month or two into my first year there right uh, and this show was on a school night, so even though I knew I wasn't going to be drinking or anything like that, I was still a bit anxious about you know being up a wee bit later on a school night because yeah. you, I was worried. Oh my god, I'm I'm only going to go and like like drink a coke or something like that. Yeah, but how will that affect me the next day? I was that paranoid about it because I was so new to that place. Um, and it also meant that I went there fully suited. So, like, you you know, like a wrestling show inside the ropes, you got all these guys, these big sweaty guys with black t-shirts and black jeans and yep. replica belts and stuff. And and there's me, full, full-on suit and tie and shirt, and I'm wearing my glasses and stuff. I just totally stick out like a sore thumb. And <laughs> I found myself having to do this at a few different shows. When I met Goldust, I was fully suited. And uh, there was also a wee show that Inside the Ropes did with... Um, uh, it was when they announced the Undertaker tour, and it was a free show, and uh, it was Kenny McIntosh interviewing uh, Adam Pacitti from Cultaholic, right? And uh, Joe Hendry, just as a free show, and at the end they announced the Undertaker tour. That's right. Uh, it was at that show that two separate people, one of them was Joe Hendry, thought I was Adam, thought I was uh, Adam Pacitti. Really? <laughs> like, yeah. So uh, the brother of somebody who, because Adam Pacitti was at the show, and because I was there in my suit and I had my glasses on and my beard and stuff, uh, I, like the younger brother of a guy I know clocked me, and I think because he kind of recognised me as his brother's friend, right? Went, oh my god, are you? No, oh, I thought you were Adam Pacitti for a second. <laughs> That's good. And then when uh, Joe Henry was in, was uh, uh, doing his interview on stage with Kenny McIntosh, I was in the front row with Robert. And uh, like I, I say he thought I was Adam Pacitti. He didn't really, because of what, in fact, what he did was he goes, I just realized you've got the Adam Pacitti stunt double on the front row here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. So, uh, did that make you yeah. all embarrassed and stuff? Or was that like a claim of fame? Uh, well, it did, but uh, uh, that night I got home because I, I used to work with uh, um, uh, Joe Henry's uh, girlfriend. Uh, I messaged her that night saying, can you just let Joe know that I take that as the highest compliment? Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I, I was suited and booted for this one, uh, for the uh, Pat Patterson show. And it was up in the, the, the that kind of upstairs bit of the garage, the G2 bit, the smaller venue. Yeah. Um, 
and we were we had that lovely moment again where you kind of queue up and you see them for the first time and it just shows you it doesn't even need to be a massive physically imposing person even if it is just um kind of a, a reserved kind of old man like pat patterson it, it's still special when you see them for the first time and i also think for pat I just was drawn to it as well because not just because of him and his legacy and how important he is to the history of wrestling, um, but just because of his age. And I thought, well, when else am I ever going to have an opportunity to meet Pat Patterson? Exactly. Um, so I knew that I wanted to go there. I knew I wanted to buy a copy of his book. I knew I wanted to get a sign because I love collecting autographed books, not just wrestling ones, but any kind of book signed by its author. So I bought the book and um I, I realized when we were in the queue that uh, there was a, a guy kind of with Pat. And then I realized the closer I got that this guy was like a, a translator for him. Because even though Pat speaks English, you put a guy who's grown up, you know, knowing Canadian or American English, and then you put him in Glasgow. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So like he, this guy was occasionally just in, intervening in conversations and just making something clear to Pat and just making sure that Pat understood what the fan was saying. Um, and the first thing uh, like that threw me off, and this was what started the embarrassing episode. So like, uh, you need to know that this guy is there as the interpreter. And so we, uh, we're getting closer and we're getting closer. And uh, then it's my turn to meet Pat. And uh, I'm standing there with my suit, and I've got uh, this uh, this copy of his book, which I'm holding right here uh, in nice. my hands. And uh, so we're I'm walking up to him, and uh, this the guy who's the interpreter, I then realize is also kind of handing the stuff to get signed to Pat and doing all that kind of stuff that you you get these shows. So but I got the, the interpreter. Did do you know him? Do we know him? Is he a personality? Is he or is he just a guy? And he's just a guy. Well, I think he, I think he does these things for Pat in general. I, I think he's like Pat's guy, right? Okay. Yeah, you got the impression that I actually. Do you know what Kenny McIntosh actually said at the show who he is to Pat, and I, I wonder if he's maybe like, like a nephew or something like that. I got the sense that there, there might be some connection between the two, and that he's not just right. there for the tour. But I may have just totally made that up. So my apologies <sighs> if I have. But there's just something kicking in the back of my mind saying that. Anyway, so um, uh this guy comes up to me to take the book off me and that's when i got my first good look at him and and that's the moment i realized that he's the spitting image of one of my pals that i used to work with who strangely enough weird coincidence also used to work with kenny mcintosh in another life right really but that's yeah so this is this weird thing so for a minute i thought what are you doing here <laughs> then i hear him speaking fluent french right, right yeah, um, yeah. So that threw me. So then I was out of it. So then when I got to Pat, I'd forgotten what I wanted to say. And the truth oh, no. of the matter is, what I wanted to say to Pat was, hi, my name's Glenn, uh, and I'm a teacher, and I run an LGBT society at my school. Well, this is all true. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I told them all that I'm meeting you tonight, and your story is really inspiring to them. And so from me and from them, thank you very much. And for the most part, that's that's kind of what came out. But I was so thrown by seeing this guy who looked just like my mate. <laughs> so then I got nervous. And when I get nervous, I get really fast and I get really quick and I swipe this way like that. And you can't really understand anything <laughs> I'm saying. You know? So now you've got three things going on. I'm really flustered and, and getting a bit sweaty. He, I'm trying to speak to Pat, but I also am Scottish and I'm also speaking too fast. So I go, Hi, Pat. My name's Glenn. And so, I'm going to run an LGBT club at my school. And we're all really inspired by you. And so, thank you very much for that. And he just looks at me <laughs> vacantly and kind of just, he uh, just, uh, just looks at me. And then he looks to this guy. And then the guy asks me to say it again. So, I go, Hi, Pat. My name's Glenn. Uh, 
I'm a teacher and I also run an LGBT club at school and um, my uh, my students, are. we've talked about your story today at the club and they're really excited that I'm meeting you and we all just wanted to say thank you very much for, for being you and for having your story. And Pat just looks at me vacantly and that doesn't get a word of it still doesn't end you need to understand as well that's also really noisy because yeah fan fans are filing in but then the fans who've already met pat have already then just taken their seats and they're chatting and they're drinking oh, beers really? and all oh, that God. yeah so it's noisy in there right um and so uh so then this guy steps in and he speaks beautiful french to pat and he gets it all out and he because now he's picked up on what i was trying to say yeah so then pat goes oh great yes okay uh, and so we go in for the photo and uh we take this lovely picture and it's one of my favorite pictures that i've got with a i love it it's really nice because you're really in your nice suit as well you look really smart <laughs> he's he's really sweet in it because he's like doing this thing with his hands like he's like he's like a wee nervous sort of thing because he doesn't really do this sort of thing very often of course yeah um so then it gets to the book signing and uh, we have to go through what my name is again. And so he goes, hey, what's, what's your name? And this is, this is Pat speaking. And I'm yeah. like, it's uh, Glenn. So he starts to write to Glenn, G-L-E-N. And then something, he must have got a bit confused. And, and this, I'm not saying this, by, I'm not poking fun. I'm not being disrespectful. I'm just explaining what happened because it comes from the fact that he is fluent in two languages. And one pet hate I have is when people make fun of people who speak english as their second language for having an accent because they're the clever ones exactly you can speak yeah, two yeah, languages yeah, yeah, yeah. If you're making fun of their accent then you're the idiot because you can't even speak to you can barely master your own first language you know <laughs> so the, i'm just I, but that's where i think this this next hilarious thing came from is the fact that he's he's a uh, juggling around two languages in his head so he writes uh, g-l-e-n and i think this was partially my fault because i always say i'm glenn this is when i'm meeting wrestlers i go i'm glenn with one n and i think i must have thrown him because he then wrote g-l-e-n wait for it d glend oh because and, you went one n like can i yeah. like it oh no <laughs> so my book says to glend but it gets better so he writes to glend and then he pauses and goes oh no i, I added the d hey you get an extra letter just for free um, <laughs> nice. uh, and then he signs it and pat patterson has <laughs> the most beautiful signature so i'm gonna send you a picture of this now chris have you okay. got your phone there yeah yep so i'm gonna send you this um i'm away i'm talking away from a microphone here that's all right um, and you'll see the the two glend but you'll also see why I almost like it more now that it says Glend, um, because it's it's more special. I think because I'm I'm never going to sell these things, you know, not yeah. as long as I'm alive. Um, and uh, it's just now now it's not just a nice signed item; it's something with a story behind it, and I love that. It made yeah. it made my personal experience with Pat feel that bit more personal. Do you know what I mean? So I'm taking the picture now. You get another letter for free. Yeah. Exactly right. So I'm now, so here we go. Uh, he's French Canadian, not Italian. Baba da Poopy. Here, have you seen uh, that Legends of Wrestling roundtable thing on the network? They used to do it on like um, WWE twenty four seven or whatever it is. No, they used to oh, no I know this. Stuff. I know it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Pat used to be on that a lot, and he was great because like, and he's really what I found from him as well because obviously as a second language, he's just a really funny guy. Like, oh, like his so part and stuff is so funny, and like he's got an, what I find the funniest thing in life is when someone else is like dying laughing you know what i mean like when someone's in hysterics i can't i have to laugh as well so he's got a really funny laugh not funny laugh like a really good laugh and it yeah, just always cracks me up oh i like this oh it's a, nice, it's a nice blue page very nice yeah Ooh. so do you see 
to Glenn Pat Patterson. So um, a couple of things came out from this. Uh, first of all, don't you agree? It's a gorgeous signature, isn't it? It is, and I like the underline. It's like the Undertaker signature, the underline after. Oh, yeah. Undertaker and Pat Patterson, probably my two favorite wrestling signatures. Yeah. Um, so uh, we laughed about it together in that moment. And like I say that, you know, for some people, like hardcore collecting fans, I don't know, maybe that would have annoyed some people them they getting the name wrong. But what kind of idiot is going to go, nah, you need to get me another book and get it right. You know what I mean? Exactly. I, and I like it more now because, like I say, it just feels like it's a more special memory for that hilarious uh, spelling mistake. That's great. So we, we giggled about it and uh, I took it away. Unfortunately, after that, all my friends started calling me Glend. Um, and my name on my group chat with my, my mates became Glend uh, for quite a while. Are you sure um, that you didn't just have a cold and you were like, my name is Glendon? It's quite it's quite possible that time of year. I think it was in October or something. Um, but you, you, you're talking, Jesus, you're Terrible talking about his, his his good banter, right? Then after that, we had the show, and he was brilliant, and he had a great, um, he had a really good uh, way of telling stories. And, and the funny thing is that Kenny at the beginning said, "This guy's here as the interpreter, so if if there's a communication breakdown, if he doesn't quite get what I'm saying, uh, he'll come on and help." But to my recollection, he never had to go on once. Kenny had to slow down his speech a wee bit and speak clearly at times, but yeah, Pat Patterson just went on these big rambling like stories, and it was great. And my only regret about that night is that I had to leave early because I ended up getting a really, really bad headache that night, and probably all the diet coke and the, the the you know not you know drinking any fluids because I wanted to stay there and not have to run to the loo. Shot myself yeah. in the foot there, so I missed the end of the show. But the bit that I saw, the, the good two thirds of it, was 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 great fun and. Uh, probably one of those inside the rope shows whereas they're all fun they're all special like that one has a particularly special place in my heart just That's because great. of that nice wee episode that we interaction with him so uh if you're listening to this if you go to our instagram i'm sure at some point this week we'll post uh, my picture with him and a picture of the much adored to glend copy of pat's book which i've actually still not read it's called accepted how the first gay superstar changed wwe and um, it's uh, ghost written, and uh, but you know I think Bruce Pritchard said that he really, really enjoyed reading Pat's book, and of course they're friends. So uh, maybe one of these days I'll get round to to picking it up and giving it a read. Well, it's a good thing that it's ghost written because then every word would end in a D. Um, so called <laughs> <laughs> uh, just as well it's called, well called accepted. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, accepted D. Um, did he talk about his story in that? And during the, obviously he did, but like, what, what did he did he really go into detail about his, his story about being the first kind of openly gay wrestler back in a time he, where that wasn't really accepted? You know, he did, but but with that said, the tone of the evening was very lighthearted and comedic. So, right. like, he did talk about it, but you know, it, it wasn't there was nothing too heavy that night. And I think if you want to get a real sense of of how much of a struggle it was. Then you got to get the book. Yeah, um, totally. That's a fa- I'd but, be a fascinating read, actually. Yeah, yeah. Uh, do you know one thing I've always wanted to do is hear stories from Kenny McIntosh and the Inside the Ropes crew about just taking him on that tour because they did like three or four nights with him, I think. Right. Uh, and I think he just must be such a funny guy to be on the road with. Yeah. So, or or to chaperone around and to take care of. So I'd love to hear more from what he was like on the tour for people who was with who were with him for a few nights. But yeah, yeah, it was a good show. And if you ever get the chance to see him, I would go. But, you know, you, you just don't know if you'll ever get the chance to do so again. He's, he's no, getting on as our Pat. He is. Well, he's just a good guy, though, isn't he? He's just a great story yeah. and, and very much respect to the legend that is the first ever Intercontinental Champion. And even if the tournament never happened, 
you know what, other things never happened and we still talk about it, you know what I mean? So as far as I'm concerned, it did happen and he's, he's the first ever champion and that's, you know, good in my book. And for those people who say, oh, well, he actually wasn't the first Intercontinental champion, God's sake, do you know what I mean? <laughs> he was. He bloody well was. was. The tournament, even if the tournament never happened, he was still the first champion. Yeah. You know, 1979. Uh, a bit of I've never seen so many replica intercontinental titles in one place in my life. Really? Of course, even though he never held like the physical versions of the title that people buy in mass nowadays, yeah. right? How could you not get your replica intercontinental title signed by him if you had one? You That's have to. That. Yeah. There was a guy I met actually um, at the show who had uh, I never got his name, but we chatted for a while. Uh, in the queue and he had like uh, the kind of the the more modern the the cody intercontinental belt you know right. the the white the white strap but the classic design um and he had his rule with the signatures in the belt was it doesn't matter what version of the belt you had held as long as you are an intercontinental champion you can sign it yeah and get this it'd been signed by like austin jericho bret hart um sean michaels china had china signature on it yeah that, that was a big deal that one um and uh, a few others like it was it was full to the brim with signatures wow. on both sides kurt angle had signed it um i'd love to think dilo brown has signed it but i think i've just <laughs> made that up uh, uh but it just felt like this perfect thing and like there's a lot of signed belts online but the fact that he's got all those signatures and you've also got people who've sadly passed like china on there yeah um the fact that he now has it also a pat patterson signature i mean come on that's got to be one of the most valuable absolutely belts out there you know I, I felt i really admired it and you could tell this guy really took care of it he had a proper big case for it like like a saxophone case like a suitcase yeah so it went in its packet and then it stretched out and then he would carry it like a suitcase That's um, great. and so if you're out there man if you're listening uh, much respect to you and uh, i would love to see that thing again one day I'd love to see how many signatures he's added to it. He'll yeah. not have no bloody room for it anymore. That's exactly. The thing. <laughs> exactly. I wonder, did anyone sign like, the nameplate? No, the there was nothing. It was just the straps. There was nothing on the plate. Jeff had signed it as well because he's got quite a distinctive signature. Yeah, I was going to say, Jeff wanted um, to sign on my plate of the world title member. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've never actually seen anyone do that, signing yeah. the plate. I've never seen that. It just seems, that seems wrong. I like, I like the idea of having a belt signed by people who held the title, right? But then I have it signed by John Morrison for some reason, right? And I think then I changed my tune and I was like, oh no, it's people who I thought deserved to be the champion. But realistically, that was just a cop out. Do you know what I mean? Like, I'm just, yeah. I just wanted him to win the title. <laughs> you know? So I could say that I don't really care, like if he's a champion nowadays. But I just want him to win a world title to say, "Oh, look, it's on the it's on the belt." I predicted that in 2011. But um, well, it's funny because the only belt I have now is my replica tag belt that like Robert got me, and it's it's kind of our friendship bracelets or these. Um, it's the current Raw Tag Team Championships. Yeah, and uh, I don't really want anyone to sign it, with the exception of Matt and Jeff, because yep. the Hardy Boys are what Robert and I always bonded over. And even though I've met Matt and Jeff, I've got both their autographs and different things here and there. Um, uh, I would. That's the one exception I would make is if I could get them to s- sign like either end of the straps, like that would, that really, would be really cool. Yeah, because yeah. Jeff could do like a some mad weird thing all the way up the side of the strap, couldn't he? Because yeah, mad for sure. Cool. Well, it's a great story. I love hearing your meet wrestler stories. And um, what will the next one be? Who knows? Ooh, I've um, I've not got that many left. I've got I, I've got some more kind of tame ones I kind of talked about. But still, it's, there's still stories. There's still ones that you can kind of bond over, whether it just be a signing yeah. and nothing ridiculous happens, you know? Um, you so- know, I tell you what, man, like this week we've, or this past week, we've had uh, ICW showing up on the network and it was really quite 
heavy in the heart, but also lovely to see Lionheart on the WWE Network. Hell yeah. Lionheart's story is amazing, and I'm desperate to hear hear it again. I'd love you to share it with everyone listening. So I think that's got to come up soon, surely, if you you feel up. Isn't that beautiful, though? Like, I always, like, you could tell it always really bothered him. You know what I mean? That he was never in NXT with his pals or whatever. But now he's on the network. You know, I think that's beautiful. Such a nice tribute, so... I just Love when I, I went and checked to see if like Shug's Who's Party was on the network and stuff and I wasn't gonna watch the full show but I was just I was I love the fact you know the way like on the network they've split it up into kind of chapters and yeah. it says you can skip to John Cena versus whoever. But they've actually written out like BT Gun versus Kez Evans and Davy yeah, Boy yeah. versus you know what I mean? They've worked that one and then it just says Lionheart wants a title opportunity and I was like, I need to watch it and hear the song and stuff. Oh it was so mm. cool seeing him. So yeah, no, I will I'll, I'll definitely tell that story at some point. Um, I don't know when that'll be appropriate, but if it's next week, then I'll do it. No bother at all. That's one of my, that's one of my better ones. So we'll do that. It's funny. I don't know why this popped in my head, but you mentioned um, Cody Rhodes having that IC title. Yeah. And when you think of that IC title, you think of the Cody title. Nowadays, when I think of the Cody title, it's only going to be the TNT title. Um, yeah, and how lush does the, the finished version of that I was that about to say, what do you think of the new one? It is a beauty, isn't it? I mean, I'd never thought it was fair for all the people that had to go at the first design because you know, it was it was established from the first night when Mike Tyson carried it out. They said on air, like, this is not the finished belt, so please don't be disappointed. I actually didn't mind it, the original one. I didn't mind it I at mean, all. I wasn't a fan, but I, I didn't care because I knew it was a work in progress. You could tell it was a prototype. Like, But uh, this, this, this version that they've got is lush. I really like it. Cool. Well, if you've got nothing else to say, my friend, we can call it a day for this week. It's been a blast as usual. Um, Anything coming up this week? No, not at all. But like I say, we are recording on the day of SummerSlam. No, we're not. The day before SummerSlam. Uh, So even though that'll be a school night for me, technically, uh, what I'm looking forward to next week is getting home from work on Monday. Uh, and finally watching SummerSlam. That's my. That's going to be my exciting thing. So I need to stay offline for the whole day. Yeah. And don't my kids don't find out that I'm a wrestling fan. Of <laughs> so good. Well, listen. That's always a nice thing to look forward to. I mentioned that last week. If you're doing something during the day, you've got something to look forward to to help you through the day. You're going to get back, sure. watch the pay per view, enjoy it, and um, I'm sure that we'll chat about it a little bit some more next week. So until next time, everybody. Thank you so much for listening, for downloading. If you're out there and you're hearing us, then we greatly appreciate you, whoever you are or wherever you are. You can get us on social media. On Instagram is at WrestleConnection and on Twitter is at WrestleConnect1. Hopefully, if we get big and famous, we can get them to match one day. And uh, you can get us on YouTube as well. The YouTube channel is, of course, the Wrestling Connection podcast. And it has uh, full episodes on there, individual excerpts and exclusive content on there, wrestling videos only. Moving over from my CM42 TV YouTube channel to do all my wrestling stuff on that channel. So subscribe on there for exclusives and uh, more modern wrestling chat on there. So until next time, from my friend Glenn, from Pat Patterson and from myself, thank you for joining us and we will speak to you all next week. See you later.